incredible times. And as we um, look to the Word of God this morning, keeping in mind who we are and our and the very assignment to which God has given us as the church. I'm so grateful for all of, of the team that helps me all during the week, bringing great devotions from Monday through Saturday. And I'm so grateful. And I just want to invite you again to tune in to those uh, incredible Tune into those in, incredible times of, of worship and concentration on the Word of God. It's an amazing thing. I want us to pray because today I want us to step into, I want you to step into your rightful ministry and the place that God has for you. And so we want to pray. Today we're going to look at we're going to go back to John chapter 4 and I want us to look at what God has called us to be and what God has called us to do. And so would you go there in, in John chapter 4 starting with verse 7 and before we get into the word let's ask the Lord to open our hearts and ears and let's, I pray for you that you may hear that every, I pray for you, that every wall inside may be torn down. You may see yourself as God having his hand on you wherever you are to bring about his will and his purpose. You are the church of Jesus Christ. And Father, I thank you today that your word is rich. Your word is good. It feeds us. It delivers us. It directs us. And we thank you for that word today. Would you open our hearts that we may see it, we may hear it, and we may obey it. In Jesus' name I pray. And amen. John chapter 4 is an amazing, it's an amazing chapter when we see the life of Jesus doing the work that really he's called you and I to do. In John chapter 4, it's when his disciples have gone off to buy something for him to eat. But he remains by himself at the well. But at the well, where so many have drank from that well, this day, in the middle of the day, a woman comes from Samaria. As we've rehearsed, she's not his culture. She's not his gender. She's certainly not in his economics strata but she comes alone to draw water at that well and uh, and Jesus being tired of the journey resting himself there in the middle of the day in the heat of the sun at that well asked the woman an interesting question I believe that the Lord Jesus is asking us that question the woman came to draw water from the well in verse 7 it says and Jesus said to her give me a drink his disciples had gone away to buy food and she looked at him can you imagine the look on her face realizing that he's a man she's a woman 
She's a Gentile, she's a Gentile, a Samaritan. He's a Jew, full-blooded. And he asked her, woman, give me a drink. It's the same question, actually, that the Lord is asking us. Give me a drink. And the woman looked at him and said, how are you going to ask me for a drink? You being a Jew, I being a Samaritan. How are you going to ask? We know we have no dealings with you people. And we see in this encounter the same attitude we have in our culture that people who are not like you and not like me, we have confrontation. The racial issue is at an all-time high. And unfortunately, it's being exacerbated by the way it's being reported on the news. And so that we have such tension, those who are, who are of goodwill can't talk about it because others are on edge only looking for differences instead of likenesses. She had no idea who was asking her for something. And be assured that if God asks you for something, it's not because he's in need. He asks you for something because you are in need. In this case, she was in need. She wasn't even in touch with her need. She was in fact just indignant of the fact that this man would ask her in the middle of the day, by the way, Jews do not, not only don't Jews, don't, they don't hang out with Samaritans, men publicly don't talk to women in this culture. And she, and, but out of his boldness, out of his full knowledge of who she is, she, he asked her, give me a drink. And that woman, you know this story, she is just uh, indignant. And she begins an argument with him. And, and Jesus said to her, look, if you knew who it was asking you for a drink, you, you would ask me for a drink and I would give you water that when you drank that water, you, you would never be thirsty again. She looks at him, well, give me this water. What are you, give me this water. In fact, Jesus said, I'll give you living water. She said, sir, you don't have anything to draw. You don't have anything. You don't even have a bucket to draw from this well, and the well is deep. How are you going to give me water to drink? You're not greater than our, our father Jacob. She had no idea that the creator of Jacob was sitting at the well speaking to her. And Jesus answered her and said, everyone who drinks of this water will thirst again, but the water I give you it will be in him a well springing up into everlasting life. The woman said, uh, please, sir, let me have this water. And when she asked for that water, Jesus gave her exactly what she needed. It was not physical water he gave her, but he gave her an understanding. He gave her truth. He gave her deliverance. He gave her understanding. He gave her repentance. And he said to her, listen to what he said. He said, woman, go bring me your husband. Call your husband to me. Something totally unrelated to water and wells. And yet she looked at him and probably dropped her head and said, sir, I have no, I have no husband. And Jesus said to her, you have said correctly. 
you have no husband. For you have had five husbands, and the one to whom you are now with is not your husband. This you have said truly. In other words, the woman spoke the truth about her life to Jesus, who is the truth. And when the truth asks you to serve him, when Jesus asks you to serve him, what do you give him? I suggest, ladies and gentlemen, you give him your truth. She, she talked about what she didn't have, what she did do, the condition of her life. And as it goes, Jesus looks at her and just discerned her, read her from top to bottom. And she knows she doesn't know this man. She's never seen this man. And yet he's speaking such in-depth truth to her life. How does she handle it? The woman said to him, sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers, they worshiped at this mountain. Then she starts a religious conversation with him. Our fathers worshiped at this mountain. You people say that in Jerusalem is the place where you ought to worship. But Jesus said to her, woman, believe me, an hour is coming and now is. What a statement Jesus gives her. The hour is coming when neither in this, in this mountain nor Jerusalem will you worship the Father. You worship what you don't know, but we worship what we know, Jesus said, for salvation is from the Jews. An hour is coming, Jesus said, when the true worshipers will worship him, will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. God is a spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I, I know Messiah is coming. She has no idea who Jesus is. I know Messiah is coming, and he was called Christ. When that one comes, he will declare all things to us. And Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. This is one of the few times when Jesus reveals to a woman who he is, directly says to her, I'm the one you're speaking of. She had to weigh not only this circumstance, but what he said to her, which she never knew about him, that my my husband now is not my husband and that I've been from man to man to man. I'm so needy that not one man has been able to feel the thirst that I have. But you, as if to say her to him, you have answered my deepest longing, my deepest question. At this point, the disciples, they show up. And can you imagine, it's almost like interrupting the conversation. And in the middle of it, the disciples came and they were shocked, first of all, that Jesus is sitting in public speaking to a woman, knowing his character and knowing his lifestyle. This is completely different. And uh, <laughs> yet, no one said anything to Jesus. They didn't say, what do you seek or why are you speaking to her? But in their minds, they were thinking that because truly the disciples weren't in much better shape than the woman that was speaking to him. In fact, beloved, this morning, I'd like to see, maybe you would see with me, this woman that comes to Jesus is like the church. She's needy. 
She's not coming to, into confrontation with the truth of her life. Many of us have been worshiping in the same way, in the same household, in the same, in the same location, doing the same thing for year after year after year, and yet our, our private lives have not changed. We are like that woman. And we are all thirsty, I know you are. You're thirsty for the, for the truth of God, for the spirit of God. You're thirsty to be filled for your life to change. COVID has come and God has disrupted our lifestyle and worship in the church is no longer the way it was. Instead, you're here today in your pajamas with your coffee and you're listening online. But in our hearts, so many of us are like her. We go through the motions. We do the religious thing. She had the religious language. She knew about, oh, Messiah. She knew, he's coming. Oh, look, you, you guys think you really have it at where you are at your worship. In the same way the body of Christ separates one denomination from the next. Well, you worship over here, but we worship over here. Ours is the true worship. Yours is not. That's the argument that she gave Jesus. All along in her heart, she needs deeply to know who he is and to come to grips with what he's given her. And so the woman, thinking about, in the middle of the argument, she's thinking what he said to her. How could he know these things about me? How could he look into my life? How could he see my eyes and read the lifestyle of my life? Which is exactly what happens when the church gathers in the presence of Jesus. And even though we've been doing that face-to-face -face for weeks, and we might think that that's the only place God can speak. I know that God will speak to you where you are right now as you're listening. When God's truth comes to you, he reveals your heart. The internal conversation, the internal thought life, the intent of your heart. Whether or not, what I call the obedient quotient, whether or not you've done what the Lord has asked you to do because just in this day as in that day, Jesus is still speaking to you. All of it is, I would imagine, is running through her mind and she, the, so the woman, the Bible says in verse 27, she left her water pot, she went to the city, she, she went into the city and said to the men, listen to what she said, the woman who had this confrontation with Jesus. Come see a man who told me all things that I've done. Can you imagine that? She's saying to them, I want you to meet the guy who told me about my inner secret life. And she's, I imagine the look on her face, the expression with her hands and her eyes that those men are intrigued. And when they went out of the city, they were coming to him, the Bible says. She was so convincing, having been so impacted by what he said to her, having given the water, the spiritual water that she drank when he gave her truth. It wasn't like we say today, her truth, your truth, my truth, and all those truths are different. The Bible makes it clear that, that he, Jesus, is the, the way, the truth, and the life. No, Jesus gave her his truth. And when she saw herself, she was undone. She goes to those men, she speaks to them, 
come see a man. Meanwhile, the disciples were urging him to say, uh, Rabbi, uh, uh, eat something. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you don't know about. I want to talk with you about that for a moment this morning. What Jesus was doing at the side of that well, hungry and tired and hot as he was, without physical food, was about to eat and drink what physical food could not bring. And as he sat there, not by chance, but by direction for Jesus always did the things that the Father spoke to him. He was in the right place at the right time doing the right thing. And yes, with the right person. That woman who shows up, can you consider this? That God directed Jesus through Samaria on that day for that time because God the Father knew that that woman would be sitting or would come to that well. It's so strategic until it's recorded. And when Jesus ministers to her, he is being completely fulfilled because he's fulfilling the will of the Father. And Jesus said, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. Let me suggest to you that that woman who came to the well with her all of her experience and her religious knowledge she came to him like the church, needing to fulfill the calling over her life, needing to get a grip on who she was in God's economy. When Jesus ministers to her, Jesus is filled with satisfaction because he knows he's done the will of the Father. And that woman, she is so undone, she is so, she is so impacted that shame no longer stops her and guilt no longer stops her, but she herself enters into the very work that God the Father had given her to do. No, she was never ordained. No, she was never called. No, nobody ever laid hands on her. No, nobody gave her a certificate of ministry. But I tell you today, she was in it and she was on it when she received what he said. I'm, I want to challenge you today. I wonder about you. Jesus has asked you to give him a drink. What is that drink? Give him your life. Give him your heart. Give him your truth. So many of you listening to me today, you need so badly that drink that will cause you to never one dry. That drink that will fill you up and overflow your life and change your very, your very existence. No matter who you are, what race, what color, what creed, what, what financial status you are, you have that need. And how many times has the Lord confronted you in even this very morning being confronted by the word of God? Jesus is asking you, Give me a drink. Give me your life. Give me your enthusiasm. Give me your time. Give me your words. No matter what it's been before now, no matter what's come out of your mouth, what's come out of your life, the result of your life, no matter what it's been, Jesus said, he's saying in essence to her, the water I give you will be flowing in you 
and spring up inside of you won't be a well that you have to come and draw from every day. The well that I will give you will be inside of you. Those of you listening to me today, you need so very bad to be filled with the Spirit of God. For Jesus even speaks of the Spirit that comes and fills your life and overflows your life and moves you right into Christ's ministry. There she is, unashamed, unafraid, not coming to the well by herself in the middle of the day, which nobody does. But now she's coming and behind her is a whole cadre of people who want to know who is this man? The very thing that God has called the church to do to be that truthful, honest, blatant, open worshiper and proclaimer of the good news to those who don't know him, those that have never had anybody tell them the things that they've done. And they come running behind her. <laughs> so Jesus, he, he, he takes note of her. And he says the true worshipers, they're gonna worship God in spirit and in truth. Look at verse 39 as I, as I bring this to a close. From that, from that city, many Samaritans believed in him because the word, because of the word of the woman who testified, he told me all the things that I have done. And how many people have not been able to come to grips with all the things they've ever done. Today, the Father God knows those things. Today, when you go to the well, today when you, today, when you go to get the things that you need to get for life, I want to tell you, Jesus is the one there wanting to minister to you so that he can release you to do everything the Father wants you to do. From that city, many of the Samaritans believed in him and because of the word of the woman who testified, he told them everything. He told me all the things I've ever done. So when the Samaritans came to Jesus, they said, would you, would you, uh, uh, he says, we, we asked him to stay with, we asked him to stay with them. That's what they did. They asked, stay with us, Jesus. And he stayed two more days and many more believed. Many more came to Christ. And that woman was the key. What about you today? Maybe there's a cleansing that needs to happen in your life. Maybe you can't testify. You can't witness because you don't have that water. You don't have the spirit of God. You don't have forgiveness. Would you bow your heads with me? You that are there, pray with me about this right now. Because the Lord wants to give, he wants to give you his everlasting water. You give him the water of your life and he will give you eternal water that will flood your soul and fill you, empower you, and release you to the things he's called for you to do. Father, I pray for our listeners today. I pray, Lord, for those who have been religious. They have just gone through the motions. They say they are a believer, but their life is not a flowing river of the Spirit of God out to other people. I, I pray for them today that you would touch them through this word. As they lift their hands to you right there where they are, would you come and flood their soul? 
those who pray come Lord into my life thank you for showing me all the things coming to grips with all the things that are keeping me from being what you would have me to be father I thank you for this I praise you for it touch them we pray today now in the name of Jesus free them and deliver them and send them into your work for this I give you praise in Jesus name those of you watching right now put in the chat box I prayed that prayer or that's my prayer Bishop that's what I ask God because I have not done what God has commissioned me to do write it in that write it in the chat box and send it to us and we'd love to communicate with you those of you would say I need so desperately to have God's truth to fill me with the Holy Spirit that that water of life will come out of me I praise you for this father I thank you for it in Jesus name and amen